All right. Hello and welcome just to family. This is giving you something to talk about or just a live TV as I like to call it. I am your host, Melissa Kretschler. Today we're going to be talking about are you stuck in a trauma prison? And we're going to get into the nitty gritty details about that shortly. Uh, our sp- Ooh, I can't even talk today. I'll tell you why in a minute. But <laughs> our, our episode today is sponsored by Phoenix Identity. If you want to learn how to embrace your emotions, find your happy place and the positivity in your everyday, even in the midst of trauma, go and check out our Embrace Your Positivity introduction to the Rockstar Method. Uh, so go and check that out, link in the descriptions. If you want to get in touch with either myself or my guest speaker, please feel free to do so. Links in the description. Join the chat, replay or watching live. Join the chat, get involved in the conversation because that's what the show is all about, giving you something to talk about. So Kimberly, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Hi, my name is Kimberly and I live in New York State and a single mom of a 24-year-old and I am a new entrepreneur. I worked for corporate for 22 years and went through a journey to realize that it has served me the entire time that I was a single mom, allowed me to have the benefits, allowed me to have that time with my daughter. I didn't need to take on a second job or a third job. So I had the ability to work nine to five and spend the time with her. Of course, she had to go to daycare. And then it got to a place of in 2021, I realized what am I doing with my life? Because I'm not in a place where I'm working that feels fulfilling to me. It literally felt like it was sucking the soul out of me going day to day. So I chose to leave it at the end of 2021 and now helping people to get into their life stories, write it, put it out to the world. And it's about that healing aspect of being with your story, especially the past, because we can be with our past when we're writing it, that we can experience it and we can heal from it. We can let it go. So my my story is that, yes, you were born into a certain situation, situations, because I experienced a whole lot of trauma in so many different aspects of my life. And I finally learned that I didn't have to sit in it. It's not who I am. And that I can be this place of inspiration for other people to heal from whatever they experienced. Absolutely. And that's super true. And I'm glad that you found that, that that path, right? And that ability to help others in that. Our stories are very important, which is one of the reasons I created the show, because we want to yeah. share, right? It's, it's important for people to understand or to feel like they're not alone. And that's I think when we're in the midst of trauma or we've experienced trauma, we feel like we're the only person we can see it on shows. We can, you know, I watch law and order SVU every week religiously. I love that show. Um, But, you know, experiencing that is completely different. It's, you know, you can see, Oh, Hey, it's all alone, but we know it's still TV. We know it's still, it's not real people in the moment necessarily talking about what we've experienced or what we're going through or what we've gone through. And to have something like this and people like you to express that and say, you know, you're not alone and it's okay, but here's how you can help. That's what, that's what we're all about. Um, It's funny you mentioned that because when I was in high school, what I gravitated to was let me look at celebrities and see who can have a similar story so that I knew I wasn't alone. 
because my counselor that I went to in high school, which is the only reason why I graduated high school, that I had him to go to every day. And I had him to allow me to scream and cry into a pillow and throw things at the wall. He helped me to learn meditation. And what I did is I went and searched who, well, who had those stories and they succeeded. So of course, Oprah Winfrey was one of them with her story, but also because my parents were alcoholics, Suzanne Summers, and she had dealt with alcoholism in that aspect. And so you're right. Like it, it, it wasn't real to me because it wasn't anybody in my life that I could pick up the phone and call or I could hang out with. However, it allowed me to feel that compassion for myself that, wow, they dealt with this and look at where they are. So it is possible. I knew it was possible. I just didn't know the way that it was going to work. <laughs> Feeling alone can be a trauma response. So for anyone watching or catching the replay, feeling alone can definitely feel like a trauma response it, or it is a trauma response where, you know, embarrassment, shame, guilt, you go through all of these emotions and, and motions, right? And stages of trauma. You don't want to share those. You don't want other people looking at you with pity or, or regret or anything that they're going to look to you for. But that's part of the process, right? Is we go through those stages of, of trauma. Now you and I are specifically talking about, you know, trauma prisons today. And I'd like to get right into that uh, right before. Now I'm going to, I'm going to tell you my own, a little bit about my own trauma. So I was um, <clears throat> sexually abused as a child. Um, I had a narcissistic parent um, I was in and out of foster care for a few years, ran away from home. Um, I became a sex trade worker, um, in my teens and went on to have children. Um, and I, 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 I don't live in that victim, victim mentality or that trauma prison. I have processed all of that. And so today we're going to get to today. So today I, we woke up yesterday. My daughter woke up with an absolutely swollen face. Um, she has high anxiety, so we did know that she was having issues with her teeth, but it, sw it swelled yesterday. Looked in her mouth, noticed there was a hole, blah, blah, blah. I took her to the dentist today, found out that I do end up, as soon as we're done this episode, I have to take her to the emergency room for antibiotics. Um, it is a rush and not a rush, so everybody bear with me. <laughs> I am not a horrible parent for being here. Um <laughs> She's currently eating <laughs> before we go. And then as I'm leaving the dentist and I've got all this going on, um, no, I was not distracted. I, you know, when I'm driving, I'm driving, right? I didn't have anything. I'm driving. My daughter's in the car and I'm waiting and I'm looking at my rear view mirror and my side mirror and I'm looking and I'm watching. I'm in a right lane. There's a middle lane and then there's the left lane. And I'm trying to get from the right lane, which is the parking lane, into the middle lane. And I'm doing that. I notice there's nobody behind me. Um, there's one car, but it's way further off. I get in and I, I ended up getting uh, hit. So um, that I had to deal with and then come home, make sure that I was ready for the show. And, you know, that's a lot of stress. It's a lot of, you know, small traumas, right? Because there's big traumas and there's little traumas. So a lot of big, like a lot of small traumas today where, you know, my daughter is experiencing a health crisis. My, you know, my other daughters was not talking to me for the last 24 hours, <laughs> you know, a lot of stuff goes on, but I'm still here. I'm still laughing. I'm still smiling. I'm not like down and depressed and, and, 
freaking out. Now, I'm not saying I expect everybody to be there. You absolutely don't. And I think this is going out to everybody who's feeling like they're trapped in that trauma cycle or trapped in, in many little traumas. You don't have to be like me. This is this is years of trauma healing. This is years of trauma work. And now I teach other people how to do it. So you don't have to be where I am. Don't feel bad if you're not where I am. If a trauma sets you off, it sets you off. That's, you know, but that is. There are so many instances in my life where I could have given up. I could have given in to drowning depression, to suicidal thoughts, to um, addiction, to all of that. And I didn't. Well, I dabbled in some of it. I'm not going to lie, I dabbled in some of it. I'm, I'm here today and I'm helping other people. So you do, there is hope in that. So let's, let's talk to you about trauma prisons. Sorry, I'm taking all this on to me, but um, what do you think causes trauma prisons? Well, what you were just sharing for so many years, I didn't know, like, I only knew what I knew and I didn't know what I didn't know. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that I was living life through feeling like a victim. I knew that there was something that was going to come out of everything. It was like what I was saying before. I wanted to know the how. And that's where I, and I know many people, but I myself, I get stuck in that cycle of wanting to know the how. And it's not the how. It's what I believe in my mindset. And when I was living for so many years, because I love what you just said, that this is years of you learning about how to deal with all of this. And the one thing I have here in front of my laptop is Gracious Learner, because this is new to me. It's only a few years that I'm learning how to deal with what life has been and what life is going to be. And there are days where, yes, I am triggered and I go back into quickly, like subconsciously into that victim mode. And then I know tools that I have that can help me so that I stay present, I stay mindful, and I can move forward. So I really feel like it's that, that feeling like a victim. And it takes work to be with what it feels like to be a victim. Because I also feel like this is such a society thing. Because our society fills us up with so many negativity like so many aspects of negativity. And I didn't realize it until recently. <laughs> Pretty much everything we read, everything we watch, everything we look at, there's some aspect of negativity if that's what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. I don't see it as much now because I'm not looking for it. Before I was looking for it. But it's also learning what negativity really is. If you look yes. at your worst moments, when you process those moments, something great happens right after. I don't know how many times that I've had horrible moments and I process it and I go, this is happening for a reason. You know, I deal with it and I don't ignore it. And that's, I think that's one of the biggest keys to it is people ignore those negative experiences. They're not. Um, our sponsor today with the Rockstar Method, that literally, that method is all about how to handle those little traumas and those big traumas in the moment, right? It's, it's momentary snapbacks. And- yeah that's, that's what I learned. Right. And, and when you said the years of me learning how to do this, I I'm now, and you'll get there too. And I'm super excited to watch that journey for you is 
you, once you go through that process, it becomes easier and easier and easier, right? And then you get to a point where you're like, this is what worked for me, or this is what can work for other people. And then you get to share that. And that's, that's where you're coming to now, right? Is that I can now share that. Um, I did a, a, a blog a couple of years ago called Victim Mentality. And, um, I wanted to touch on a couple points in there because this goes into trauma prisons. You are, and this is my perspective. Everybody, if you have different perspectives, please feel free to share them. Um, My perspective is not to change your own. It is not to invalidate yours. It is, I'm just literally sharing mine. And if it resonates with you and gets you thinking, then great. If not, then that's great too, right? Um, victim victimization you are a victim in that moment right Mm -hmm. when if somebody hits you you're a victim in that moment when you know somebody robs your house you're a victim in that moment when you're in a car accident you're a victim in that moment right you are only a victim for a moment in time whatever that looks like and I'm not saying that there aren't you know, you're not victimized over and over again or not victimized for longer periods of time. Absolutely, I do understand that. But you are a victim in that moment. After that moment, you have a choice. And it does take a while for anybody who's experienced heavy trauma or or little trauma. It does take a while to get into that. But what ends up happening is some people stay in that victim mentality. Everything is, you know, an offense to them or... Um, everything triggers them and relives, you can't relive that moment, right? right? You can imagine it. You can, you can see it happening in your mind's eye, unless you have PTSD, you're not reliving that moment. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you can choose to relive that moment. And that's the victim mentality. Victim mentality is you're reliving. You are constantly in victim mode. Now, let's say I'm going to go worst case scenario, and this is my own experience. I have had this experience. I didn't go to this extreme, but this was my experience. I was molested as a child by by one of my parents. And in that process, I could have grown up. I have a bubble. And I talked about this on one of my last episodes. I have a very strong bubble. I like my bubble. If my girls come up to me or my sons come up to me and say, mom, can I have a hug? Absolutely right? I will give them that hug. But I have a bubble. And I like my bubble. If I was living in a victim mentality, as a sexual abuse or or a molestation survivor, I could go, I never want to be like this person. And I'm never going to have anybody even remotely think that I could possibly do this to my children. And if I went to the extreme of that victim mentality, I would never give my hugs, my hugs and kisses. I would never snuggle with them in bed. Um, You know, all of those things, I would have taken that to extreme. That's a victim mentality. You are re-victimizing yourself. Plus you're at the same time victimizing your children because worst case scenario, if you do that, knowing kids these days, she doesn't love me. She doesn't, you know, I don't get any affection. And, you know, she neglected me. That's that victim mentality. It's a spiral. It's it's a complete spiral, right? I took, I was molested as a child. I now see what the symptoms are of it, what it, you know, what happens mentally when it happens. I can use that now to say, I understand. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's a survivor. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, like there was a time where I was upset about everything that has happened in life. Now, over the last few years, I'm grateful for everything that I experienced. Because if I had not gone through each of those experiences, I wouldn't even be here with you doing this stream. Because I wouldn't have done the work that I've done. And I would still be living a way that I was living before. Yeah. Um, you wouldn't know things need to be, need to change. And that's, uh, I'm an identity coach, that first and foremost, right? Um, negativity is a key to life. And the reason I say that I don't wish negativity on anyone, but you're going to experience it's a guarantee. Life, you have death, taxes and negativity. Those are your guarantees in life, right? When you experience negativity, you have the ability once you know, you you need to acknowledge the emotions, right? If you're if you're in a situation, a trauma that creates really heavy negative emotions, you need to feel those. Absolutely. Whether it takes a day, whether it takes an hour, whether it takes a year, you need to experience those. I'm going to shamelessly plug the Rockstar Method helps you with that. But <laughs> at the same time, you need to experience those because those are what's telling you something needs to change. Those are what's telling you you're strong. Those are what's telling you you're smart, you're capable. You're, those are what tell us, number one, that things need to change. Number one, they, they show us our strength. And number two, they show us who we really are. Yeah. And that's, yeah. those are hugely important. Yeah. I think that's been part of my journey is really realizing that who I was before, even that little Kimmy that was always scared, that was, you know, feeling insecure, feeling unsafe feeling doubtful. And also I never got to be a kid because I was being an adult to the adults. Yeah. I, it's like part of that journey is I'm not who she was and she knew only what she knew because she was surviving mm -hmm. and I can choose differently today, even when I'm feeling like I, I'm back in a moment of what she experienced, if that makes sense. Like, I know that I'm not who I was. Even yesterday, I'm not who I was yesterday. So, like, it's always reminding myself that it's in this moment. I only have this moment. <laughs> yes. yes, that's one of the golden tickets, right? Yeah. You are who you are. <clears throat> you're not, you're, you know, your traumas don't define you. They're not who you are. Your role. I'm a wife, a mother, an entrepreneur. Those are not who I am. They are roles that I subscribe to. They are things that I love about my life, but they are not who I am, right? Fundamentally, it's my mindset. It's my emotions. It's my physical body, my who I decide to express. That's your identity. And victim mentality also comes down to, you know, taking everybody else's identity of you. Yeah. Right? Um, addicts, right? When, when, it, if you know what addiction truly is, and for anybody, I've mentioned this, and we do have episodes on addiction. So I'm just going to say this one part is addiction is, a, is created to replace or remove an emotion. That's all right. it is, right? Addiction is created to replace or remove an emotion. If you are in a trauma cycle, you will use addiction to remove the emotion of that trauma cycle instead of processing them. Addiction is not a choice. It becomes a lifestyle. Right. Right. Um, and then you add on to that, you know, going further, that victim mentality 
you know, if you go to somebody who isn't an addict and say, this is your choice, and there's something that created that catalyst to addiction. There is some form of trauma that created that. And when somebody goes, oh, you're an addict, you'll always be an addict or whatever that you use. And I'm just using this as an example. That doesn't help, you know, reconnect you to who you are. Exactly. It makes you feel worse. Yeah, exactly. Right. There was some part of me as a teenager that I knew this with my dad, mm-hmm. you know, because like there, there were times, so many times that he would really get drunk at the bar. And I'd always feel responsible to go make sure that both of them were okay because they both drank. My mom would be able to walk. My dad would get so drunk, he wouldn't be able to walk. So he would put his arm around my neck and I'd hold him up. He's six feet tall and I'm holding him up, walking him home. As soon as we get home, I start asking him the same questions over and over again. And he always went back to when he was a nine-year-old boy, his father died. His sisters were up married. His one brother was in and out of uh, Catholic homes for juvenile delinquents. His other brother was arrested and in prison and showed up to the funeral in shackles in the prison uniform. And he turned into that nine-year-old boy who was still suffering and tears just falling down his face. And for years, I didn't allow myself to see that what I was doing for him as a teenager I created that space for him to finally feel those emotions because all he knew was to go to alcohol so he didn't have to feel those. Mm -hmm. So I knew this as some part of me that he was suffering. And I really saw that then when he died, he died from a heart attack, which I always knew that it was going to be some form of that because of how much he drank. And even like to look at it, and we don't need to get too much into this, but even to look at it, to die from your heart stopping just tells you how much on a subconscious level he was suffering because his heart literally stopped in a second. Mm-hmm. So like, it really brings me back to having compassion for them because they didn't know how to deal with all of this. And that's what I really learned about my lineage. And it's no wonder why there's so many alcohol Pollocks going down through centuries, decades, mm-hmm. because they just didn't know how to deal with the grief and all of the stuff that was happening in life. So they went to alcohol to check out. Hello, everybody. <laughs> I am the alternative to drugs and alcohol. Just <laughs> so yeah, you know, yeah. We are yeah. the alternatives to drugs and alcohol. Yeah. Um, so let's let's reiterate here as my youngest is laughing in the background. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the prisons are basically being stuck in trauma. They're they're being stuck. They're you know heavy depression, whatever. Trauma prisons are created by being stuck in those heavy negative emotions, those heavy negative traumas, um, and just not being able to find your way out of that. Um, a few points to go in there and I'll, and I'll let you add on in a second. A few points to go in there is number one, don't ignore the emotions. Um, if you want any type of healing, any type of happy, healthy future where you can process these emotions, you do need to feel them. Um, do that in a safe space with somebody like us who can help you maneuver through those emotions Um download the rockstar method because that'll help as well but do something where you are allowing yourself to be in control and to feel those emotions um that is number one the first step to removing yourself from a trauma prison um 
what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, to piggyback on that, it's asking for support. That has been the biggest thing for me, coming from someone who didn't know that I could even ask for support when I was younger, because being the youngest in the family and feeling responsible for everyone and the world, it always felt like I had to do everything on my own. When I began to learn as a kid that I could go to professionals and ask for support, like I said before, the only reason why I graduated high school is because I did ask for support from a counselor. Mm-hmm. And he offered tools for me and knowledge. And I did resist it because I was young. Mm-hmm. And so it's asking someone else for support. So whether it's you, Melissa, whether it's myself, whoever you feel inclined and spoken to, to go to, like you're, you're not alone, like you said before, and you don't have to do it all on your own. We can go through and create things at a much faster speed together than if we're doing it all by ourselves. Yep. Especially with what we're talking about with the prison traumas, it's you can quickly get caught in cycles that you feel like you can't get out of when you're attempting to do it by yourself. Yeah. And when you don't process the trauma or the emotions or, or whatever it is, whatever negativity you're going through, that's when you start reliving it because you're not, you're not healing it. Right. You're not necessarily, uh, that's, that's, that's the cycle. I'm not going to say reliving because you're not actually reliving that trauma when you don't, our purpose in life. So if anybody doesn't know what the meaning of life is, the meaning of life is to experience. And part of that is experiencing the negativity and learning and growing from it. And in that process, if you're not learning from a situation, um, it'll keep happening, right? Let's take relationships. Um, you get into a relationship and it's abusive. You get out of the relationship. If you continually keep getting into abusive relationships, that's a cycle. And that cycle is because you have unprocessed, unhealed trauma. Um, and that's, you know, little trauma, minor trauma. And trauma can be created by one word. Um, we have Rachel Joe Walker. It's so true. My best support came through people out of my choice. Absolutely. Or out of your circle. Sorry. Um, asking for help doesn't make anybody weak. I know that men uh, in particular at times think they're weak. Uh, women in our positions, high profile women, um, you know, you have this persona that you show the world. You are not weak for asking for help. You are not weak for um, I follow Rachel Peterson. If nobody knows who she is, she's amazing woman. Um, and she's kind of ridiculous amount of TikToks. Um, she talked recently about her breakdown. She was, you know, very high profile and then experienced a breakdown. And now she's talking about that and helping people be aware that it's okay to ask for help. It's okay. You know, you have to put yourself first. And I think when you try to get yourself out of a trauma prison, you need to put yourself first. Yeah, I think that's a huge thing. And that's also what has been part of my journey is realizing that putting yourself first is not selfish. If you cannot fill yourself up, you cannot help someone else. Mm -hmm. And so it's like uh, one of my previous coaches had said to me, when they say fill up your cup, it's not just fill up your cup. It is having your cup so full that then when you're ready to help others, it's the overflow that is going to others. It's not the part that you fill up the cup. That full cup is for you. That's you. 
and the overflow what's coming out of it is for someone else I love that because I had never really thought about it that way and that's and honest I never knew what it was to make myself first because like I said I felt responsible for everyone so that's really I think essential especially for women and like you said that there are men who struggle with asking for support and that feel that they also have to put others ahead of themselves because they typically feel that they have to take care of the house and take care of the wife and take care of the kids and they also can learn that they fill up their cup and that overflow goes to the family and the wife and you know so on absolutely all right is there anything else you'd like to add before we get going no i appreciate having been here and you having me Absolutely. This conversation could have and should have went so much longer. And I apologize to everybody for cutting it off right on time. Uh, I do have to take my daughter to the hospital. So that has to come first now. Um, If anybody would like to get in touch with either myself or Kimberly, please do so. Links in the description. Uh, Take a look, get involved. Even if, you know, we're not live anymore. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out. Take a look at our sponsor of Phoenix Identity, their Embrace Your Emotions, which is going to introduce you to the Rockstar Method. And if you want to learn more about that, then reach out as well. All right. Um, we are always looking for guest speakers, uh, hot topics, and start starting conversations. So please reach out if you'd be interested in being on the show. Get involved in the conversation while we're live. And lots of love to everybody. Thank you so much, Kimberly. I really appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Thank you. And sending you love to go to the hospital. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.